everybody. The oh. night before Halloween is Ooh, when this is being downloaded. Um, and if you're listening to it after Halloween, then fuck you. My answer means <laughs> nothing. Uh, I'm wow. Daddy Cat Darren Carp here with my boy. My boy, mm. dead Dorothy on the mic. That's John, right. John Thratty. Listen, I've gotten so many um, nicknames dates? on the show oh. over the. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right, Dave. Sorry. Yeah. On nicknames on the show over the years, I like dead Dorothy. I might, I might want to keep that for after Halloween. And What's if you it? don't know where we're talking Double about, D. yeah, that's right. Uh, we did a Patreon live stream last week for our truly disturbed and super fans. Um, it was a costume contest. There was a costume party, I should say. Darren went as a billionaire yachty from Below Deck. Yep. I yep. went as with dead. a money gun. With That's right, a with money a money gun. gun shooting dollar dollar bills. And I was dead, Dorothy Gale. I was very ugly and bloody. And um, you want to yeah. know something funny? Is I think <laughs> I like I've seen Wizard of Oz. I don't even know how many times. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. And I don't know if on a trivia question, if I saw it like as options, right, of like what is Dorothy's yeah. last name? Is it whatever? Oh. But I think if it was fill in the blank, it would take me a minute. It would well, take me a minute. Not like a true fan, Darren. I guess not, or I haven't seen it in a while. And the funny thing is, is it's kind of scary. <laughs> you know what I thought you were going to say whenever you were just setting that up? I thought you were going to be like, I've seen... Wizard of Oz a hundred times. I've never seen a more beautiful Dorothy than you. But no, that's not what go I was going to say. Well, we yeah, didn't we wouldn't go there. No, no, it's next year. That, it's, it's fine. Well, no, the next year. All right. mm-hmm. Next time. What Darren, are you drinking, John? Okay, so let me just get to the. First of all, I'm just oh, drinking water. Boy. I'm show, Let me show Darren. I got this new um, thermos. Thermos. Thank you. I didn't know what what to call it. And I'm drinking a so thermos. much more. A thermos. I'm drinking so much more water than I've ever had. But let me tell you the reason I'm drinking this water, because it's happening again. It's happening again, where I am looking for my Baileys in in public, my s'mores Baileys, and I cannot find it. I've gone to two of the three liquor stores that are within driving, like quick little driving distance. None of them even know what I'm talking about. Nothing. Wow. Meanwhile, the listeners are sending me messages before our live stream like, hey, I'm going to be like cheersing s- with S'mores Baileys. And I'm like, well, have a nice life. I'm not. They're so, living way better lives than you and I are ever living. I know. I'm going to try one more. You know, I talked to my friend, uh, Brienne, who's a big fan of the show. She was my Baileys dealer. If you remember last year, of we met course. in a parking lot and she gave me Baileys and it was very shady in the best of ways. Um, and she, she opened she, up her like trench coat and exa- had like a couple literally, bottles. Yeah, l- literally, it was almost exactly like that, except it was her like truck or something. So like, yeah, very similar. Sure. Um, and shout out to Brian, loves her. She's an amazing person, Darren. She loves you. Um, so we just need to set this up again, Brian. If you're listening, please find me S'mores Bailey's because the couple places I went to are not available. You'll pay so double, anyway, triple pay the price. Double. I know. I don't even think I paid for it last year, which is ridiculous. I should pay wow. it this time. Yeah. My, I got to pay my dealer. Anyway, How Darren, cheap. that's my yeah. situation. And I'm hoping that at least by our Thanksgiving, uh, episodes here in about a month that I'll have at least one bottle of S'mores Bailey's. Under All right. My wing. Yeah. What about okay. you? What are you drinking? Well, last night I went out to dinner and I, listeners know, I know mostly do like a vodka soda or something mm. like that. I like vodka, but I had a drink last night called the La Spicy. It was very spicy, but I'm it was sorry, tequila. Spice, the Spice Girl? La Spice Girl? La Spice Girl La is spice what it was girl? called? Oh, okay. La Spice Girl? 
Sounds like something and I'd get into. It really, it what my whistle. <laughs> and uh, I am now drinking a little tequila soda. Nice. I put a little jalapeno in there just to give it a little kick because i don't know how you get something like super spicy you have to look up a cool recipe but anyway tequila soda today for me um as we get into this like haunted house case yeah and by the way um speaking of haunted house i have to tell you guys about this book that i think everyone listening is gonna love it's called the girl in cabin 13 and it's by the author aj rivers it's about an fbi agent named emma griffin who's sent undercover to this kind of small sleepy town called feathered nest which by the way i think is the most amazing name for a town um to uncover the truth behind a string of disappearances that has left everyone terrified um but then there's a knock on her door that reveals a body on her porch with her name written on a piece of paper in the dead man's hand it is so creepy But in the most amazing ways. And now she has to sort of figure out what's going on. But in Cabin 13, there lies this sort of uneasy feeling, the feeling of her movements being watched. It turns out the woods and this idyllic town have secrets, dark and murderous ones, I will say that. I really loved how this book kind of kept me glued to every word. I really wanted to figure out what was happening on every single page. I loved it. As a true crime pro... I was trying to figure out the entire time, like, what was going to happen. It's one of those books that you have to get your friends to read, too, so that you can talk about it. It's really that good. With over 16,000 reviews at 4.3 out of 5 stars on Amazon, the book has been incredibly well-received. The Girl in Cabin 13 by A.J. Rivers is one of the best novels I've read recently, and I highly recommend that you guys listen or Read this gripping, suspenseful novel on Amazon, Audible, or iTunes right now. It's called The Girl in Cabin 13 by author A.J. Rivers. So that's that, Darren. Why don't we get into today's episode? All right, let me kick it off. Off the Gulf Coast of Florida, which, you know, Hurricane Ian, let's mm. let's just say, like, Florida's going through a lot right now. And I do know that one of our listeners' name is Ian, and we just want to say, Ian, you suck. Okay, that's all yeah, I'm going to say Yeah, Ian, you're the worst that. listener we ever had. Yeah, you're the worst. Well, off the Gulf Coast of Florida lies a quaint island town called Cedar Keys, which I did not know about. And it's known for its beautiful beaches and prime fishing. It is a popular summer getaway for Floridians and tourists alike. Nestled in this charming seaside town lies one of America's most notorious haunted locations, the Island Hotel and Restaurant. This kind of reminds me of the Cecil Hotel, um, if, that, if that's what uh, it's called, with the elevator girl. Yeah, the Cecil, Cecil, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, El- yeah, Cecil. Elisa Lamb. Yeah, Elisa Lamb. Mm-hmm. Originally built in 1859, this two-story. No. R- right away. Right away. Anything built, built in, 1859? in 1859, I'm not sitting there. I'm out. completely out. But 1869 would have been fine. Well, no, 1869, now we're talking. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Uh, this two-story, <laughs> ten-room inn, so kind of very quaint. Has One more thing. I'm so sorry to keep interrupting you. Something called yeah. something built in 1859, and it's an inn. No, it's just again. This I feel like is all Scooby-Doo. inns are only built in 1859. That's what I'm saying, and they're always fucking right. haunted. All right, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I needed to say these things. Well, this two-story, ten-room inn has withstood one sentence in John. One sentence in has <laughs> yeah, withstood sorry. the test of time, surviving uh-huh. both the Civil War as well as numerous natural disasters such as floods, hurricanes, and earthquakes. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves in 1860, so it's not like it survived every amount of the Civil War. But, but like, you oh, miss history war. major. 
What can I say? You weren't a history The walls buff. are nearly indestructible at about 12 inches thick and consist of ground oyster shells, limestone, and sand. And despite its small stature, its unique and powerful structure has kept it standing for the better part of two centuries. And over that time, it has seen its fair share of tragedy and mysterious deaths, making it a hot spot of paranormal activity. It is said that today the hotel is home to as many as 13 different spirits, each with their own mysterious and tragic origin story. 13 seems like, I guess it's just people's personal accounts of what they've been seeing, and they've just recorded the different whatever. But also 13 is like an unlucky number. I don't like that. Also that. This feels weird. Keep going. What's known today as the Island Hotel and Restaurant has served many purposes and has held several names since its creation. The structure was initially built to house the Parsons and Hale General Store by Major John Parsons and Francis E. Hale. A lot of history there. Interesting. I did just look this up while you were chatting, and it has Ghost Town written all over it, Darren. You should look it up. But anyway. Oh, uh, obviously. By the way, another key, another trigger word for me that I would never stay is civil war. Like, if you're telling me something has to do with the civil war, I'm just, I'm assuming it's haunted and I don't want anything to do with it. But anyway, I digress. At the start of the civil war, Cedar Keys was actually a crucial port for the Confederate army where they could import food and supplies. During the war, the port was taken over by the Union soldiers and the entire town was burned to the ground. The only structure oh that survived the takeover was the general store. And Cedar- I will say, yeah. looking at it, it's got one of those second floor. It's got one of those like wraparound terraces, porches or whatever that you see in the south. Very, like in Louisiana. I'm thinking like um, Very New Louisiana, Orleans. very South yeah. Carolina as right. well, in my right. opinion. Very New Orleans-y. Um, but I could see it kind of, because of the terrace being up there, like I could see it surviving like a couple yeah, things. Yeah, that makes so, sense. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Cedar Keys was eventually won back by the Confederacy, and the store was used as a boarding house and meeting place for soldiers um, throughout the remainder of the war. As a hotel, dozens of guests have reported seeing a man in a Confederate uniform standing just inside the door that leads out to the second-story balcony, Darren, like you were just saying. Let me stop you there, because there... Did I ever tell you about the Revolutionary War guy that lived behind us in Montclair? No... Okay, he... Nervous. And, you know, my mom, mom, correct me. Please Mm. correct me because my mom's going to have a better memory. And she shall. And she she will. Mm -hmm. Um, So she'll tell me. I believe it was Revolutionary War, not Civil. And he he lived kind of like right behind us. And he would walk around Montclair and live as if he was in the Revolutionary War. Like, never took public transportation, walked everywhere, walked around in a full uniform from the Revolutionary... Is this a real person? Yes, that oh, I he, yes, real guy that he like made all the costumes for. Like, I don't remember what he did in terms of like a job, but I think he had <laughs> right. something that was like something that would like a manufacturing job of some sort that would have mm-hmm. been around back then, you know, like something. Right. My mom's gonna correct me, but anyway, he would walk everywhere. He wasn't living, he didn't live like did you see the, him a lot all the time, present day. He just did didn't live in the name? present day. Yeah. yeah, we all call him Revolutionary War guy because we didn't like it now. <gasps> oh my God, what if he was a ghost and you don't I, even I, I, know? I got actually Google. I wonder if Google has it. <laughs> yeah, you need to look this up. All right, look that up. I'm going to keep going here with some more details here because, so as as mentioned, hotel guests they would see him. He would be standing on the second story balcony. He would stare out towards the coastline, keeping watch in the early morning 
as the sun rises, which I find to be very disturbing, mm. um, following the war and the dissolution of the Confederacy, the Parsons and the Hales General Store presumed business as usual and also began serving as the town's post office. Listen, this store's seen a lot of different things going on in it. Um, but in need of some extra hands, the manager hired a young boy of about nine years old to help stock the shelves and do odd jobs around the establishment. I'm laughing because Darren is seems to be on a quest on her side of the Zoom here. Well, let me just say, the, the headline is Montclair. Strange and quirky Montclair. I mean, it really is. I've only spent a couple of nights in Montclair and like... Yeah, there's something there's something ghostly going on there. Um, but nonetheless, we have this nine-year-old boy who's been hired to stock shelves and do odd jobs. Um, one day, the manager thought he saw the boy steal something from the inventory, and he began yelling at him. And terrified, the boy fled from the room and was allegedly never seen alive again. <sighs> this poor nine-year-old boy just like ran out of the uh, out of the the general store. And was never seen again. Jesus. Well, over a year later, there was work being done on the cistern well, which required the entire tank to be drained. The workers there discovered the little boy's skeleton submerged in the water. It is unknown, however, whether it had gotten stuck down there while he was trying to hide from the angry manager, which would be something kids kind of do. Yeah. Or if something more sinister had taken place, this reminds me of the ring, but the official yeah. record marks his death as accidental. Mm, okay. And today it is believed that the boy still haunts the room where he met his untimely end. And I just like, it's just like the manager thought he saw this little boy steal I something. Know. And then just like, that was it. Like, that's yeah. just crazy. Um, guests have reported hearing little feet running up and down stairs leading mm. into the basement, as well as seeing the shadowy figure of a small boy hiding in the darkness, <gasps> still terrified Ugh. after all this time. I just got chills. Let me just Ugh. say this. I think I mentioned this on a recent episode back in September, or um, like April of this year. But um, speaking of little people running up and down hallways, I was cat sitting for my friend Seth. And his house is very big and drafty and scary, okay? Now, I was over there sitting on the couch, and it was facing an open entryway into the dining room. And I was playing with the cat. I think I was, like, on my iPad or something at the time. And something caught my eye, like, in my peripheral. And when I looked up, it was as if somebody, like, jumped away, like, behind the door, and Christ, it really felt like a little girl. I think I've mentioned this on the show, but I just feel like now is a good time to mention it again. And, you know, I, I remember texting. I remember thinking it was a little girl in like a white dress. And I texted Seth and I was like, I don't want to say anything to you because I'm curious. But I was like, have you ever seen or felt anything in your house before? Well, sure enough, he writes back and he was like, oh, yeah, like sometimes my wife and I. Um, we swear we see a little girl in a white dress in our I house remember sometimes. That. Yeah. Yeah, you, to- you told like, that story. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm here to confirm that she is uh, peeking around corners looking at me. So very similar situation. We've got kids haunting uh, houses, and I feel like his house was probably built around this time as well. 
I can't find it, but I'm still going to search on Google okay. for it. And my mom's going to come in with some facts. She's going to know it all, so it's all going to be taken care of. Okay. Well, in my next okay. segment, maybe you need to call your mom, maybe, and like have her tell us right on the phone. Just an idea. Oh. I don't know. Something to think about. Okay, that's okay. a good call. Maybe, right. maybe my mom will know. Okay, right. well, in Let's 1896, in 1896, a hurricane hit Cedar Kills. Kills? Cedar Kills? Oh, it's called Cedar Keys, and you said Cedar Kills. Are you being Cedar haunted? Cedar Kills? Are you maybe. being haunted? In 1896, a hurricane hit Cedar Keys that nearly demolished every building in town. The general store remained standing, although the storm caused significant damage which would be very expensive to fix. By yeah. 1910, both Francis Hale and John Parsons had both passed away, and the property was inherited by John's nephew, Langdon Parsons. And four mm. years later, in 1914, Langdon sold the building to Simon Feinberg, who completely renovated the inside of the building and reopened it as the Bay Hotel. Now, Simon hired Mr. and Mrs. W.L. Markham to manage the hotel in trade for room and board. And the couple lived in the hotel until 1918 and continued to manage the property during the summer months, even after they moved out. Interesting. So now we're getting to some very interesting details here as Darren continues to research on her end. But in 1919... I'm going to text my mom. I'm texting text my mom. mom. Going on me and I'm texting my mom. Okay, mute and text your mom. In uh, 1919, Simon Feinberg mysteriously passed away after a confrontation with Markham. Simon had come to the property to collect rent from his tenants, and upon doing so, he stumbled upon an illegal whiskey distill hidden in the attic. Remember, we're in the Prohibition era here, so whiskey is not allowed, you guys. Well, as a religious man and vehemently law-abiding man, Simon was infuriated by Markham's illegal activity on his property. Markham swore to get rid of the alcohol and the paraphernalia, and as a way to earn forgiveness, he offered to make Simon a large home-cooked meal. Listen, you can do a lot of things for, to me, but if you're going to say you're going to cook me a large home-cooked meal, like you could probably get away with a lot of stuff, in my, in my book at least. You know, a good old-fashioned Thanksgiving dinner, I'm down. Um, I'm waiting, just as an update, yeah. I said, Mom... Do you remember that dude, that guy that dressed in Revolutionary War garb? Awaiting yeah. a response. Awaiting okay. a response. All right. Looking forward to that. Well, after enjoying the said meal, Simon retired to bed where he died in his sleep. Now, his cause of death was ruled to be food poisoning. Okay, just to give you an idea of like where we are in history, food poisoning was a legitimate cause of death back in those days. Over, you know what I mean? My mom what? saw him last week. My mom <gasps> saw him last week. My mom... Saw him last week. What did? What else uh, okay. is she saying? Is that what it? What do we know about him? About him. Where does he work? What's the story there? Darren, if she says he moved to Cedar Keys, I'm hanging I swear up. to I'm God, done. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. 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 All right. Done. Or should I say Cedar Kills? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Cedar Kills. That's well, where he's living. Nonetheless, over the years, many have suspected that this was not a coincidence, but rather a way for Markham to silence Simon and protect his illegal alcohol distillery, essentially. It is said that Simon still roams the halls of the hotel. Uh, Numerous guests have reported seeing a man who fits his description walking door to door, the same path he followed on his last day on the property as he went around collecting rent. This is one of the things about paranormal activity that really freaks me out. I can deal with ghosts. I can even deal with things moving. The thing that really freaks me out is when you hear about ghosts, like, <clears throat> redo, like retracing their last steps. 
something about that makes me feel like we're in a hologram, like something like we're in some kind of like um, uh, matrix, uh, matrix simulation. Exactly. Like it just really it just really freaks me out. <laughs> my what? mom thought he read an article. My mom thought she read an article that said he worked at Barnes and Noble. And he walks there, which was very far. Oh and they had libraries God. back then. They had like bookstores and shit. So right. she said, she thought I said he was the son of one of my teachers, oh. which may be true. Oh, listen, we might need to do a bonus episode about all of this. There's a lot of rich uh, uh, history. Uh, we got to get my mom on the cast. We got to get my mom on the cast. Anyway, I digress. Anyway, Go ahead. No, that's okay. Well, anyway, the last couple points here was like some people had even reported hearing a gentle knock on their door. Okay. I didn't I didn't hear it. You didn't hear it? Hold on. Hold on. Let me pull here. my microphone here. How about that? Terrifying. Absolutely. By the way, if Scary. I... If it's in the middle of the day and someone knocks on my door, I scream because I'm like, there's no reason you should be here. Like, no one's invited. I don't want people at my house. Don't knock on my door. But people think that they heard him hearing, you know, heard him, uh, excuse me, knock on the door late at night. But of course, Darren, when they go to answer, what happens? Nobody's there. Now, perhaps Simon is still roaming the halls, unaware of his fate and forever following the routine of his last day alive, which again is so scary. I just, I have full... All that could be true. I have full goosebumps. I wanted to say, okay, my mom confirms he still dresses like that. It's confirmed. What? She goes, do a Google search for him. I said, I did! (laughs) That's the first thing you did, actually. Yeah. I need to look harder. Um, I love that your mom has become an official correspondent of our show. She's our researcher. She's like our second researcher. researcher. Um, She wants a producer I wanted to say, though, that Years ago, I want to say like five or six years ago, Watch What Happens Live was doing a show um, uh, out of downtown LA. Like, mm-hmm. and we all stayed. I think it, we were I staying at Ace Hotel that. at the time. Yeah, and um, it was late night, and I was talking to people, and I obviously had my own room, mm-hmm. and it was probably like three thirty in the morning. And granted, we had there was a lot of us who were all young, who were all drinking, who were all out, who were at the hotel. Anyway, it was like 3.30 a.m., and I, I'm like sleeping in my bed, and I hear... Knocks? On my door. On my door. Knocks. On my door. Yeah. Like that. On my door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, just a little bit, didn't mm-hmm. say anything, not like, just Darren, are you there? And I was too scared. Yeah. Too, they knocked twice. They knocked twice. Too scared mm. to get up to look through the people, because mm. I just... Mm. Whether it was a drunken guy, you know, or somebody else, I just, I freaked out and I stayed so silent in the room. And I still think about that today, about I wish that I had gotten up to look through what it was because it was that fucking scary and I just want to know. I feel like Um, these days you would have like knocked his ass out, whoever it was. You know what I mean? Like I feel like you have a different confidence these days maybe. Well, maybe. Well, throughout the next 20 years, the building would be passed along to several different owners. It served as a hotel, a restaurant, even a military store until the 1930s, where it was purchased by a man named Crittenden, who used the building to run an illegal speakeasy and brothel. Now, the Great Depression was one of the most devastating times in American history, and people fled to these underground establishments as a way to relieve stress and cope with the unprecedented times that they were experiencing. Somewhat similar to, like, you know, yeah, I was going to say somewhat similar to where we're dealing with in the last couple years, COVID and the pandemic has certainly forced a lot of these same thoughts upon people, yeah. 
Well, under Crittenden's, uh, sorry, unfortunately, these speakeasies also attracted a lot of violent crime because when you make something illegal and you make something underground, Mm -hmm. then there's no protection for people because everyone's a criminal. So that's why I've always been a big proponent of legalizing sex work and legalizing drug use because then it doesn't create criminals regardless. Under Crittenden's ownership, a young woman who was working as a prostitute, sex worker, in the hotel was murdered after a transaction with a client. This was wow. never properly documented due to the illegality of the establishment, so her name remains unknown. Another reason we need to legalize right. sex work. Staff and patrons alike agree that this woman is still present today <laughs> at the hotel and known as, not Casper, <laughs> but a friendly ghost. And mm. this woman has been said to visit t- rooms 27 and 28 when it's occupied by a man, which means mm. that between us, I have to go stay there. <laughs> right. Right? I mean, right. logical yeah. conclusion. Obviously. Guests have, re- guests have reported feeling someone sit on the side of the bed in the middle of the night and opening <sighs> their eyes to see a young woman who then leans down and gives them a gentle kiss on the cheek before disappearing. Yep. Another thing I really can't yep. take is the, f- the feeling of someone sitting on a bed and then yep. no one being there. One of my friends, Courtney, who I've just talked about, she's the one that has the the kid, Darren's stretching on the Zoom. Sorry, I'm know stretching because my arm hurts. No, it's okay. Because someone touched it. A ghost touched it. <laughs> this episode is unhinged. Um, my friend Courtney, you know, she used to live in a house where she would always feel someone like sitting at the edge of her bed or at the base of her bed. And I'm like, if that, if I ever felt that, I would simply burn the house down. No questions I've asked. felt that before. Have I ever told you this? Story? No. That I, uh, that I felt it once before, like no, a what? depression on my bed. I thought it was like my grandmother, but I just like felt <sighs> someone sit, but I couldn't tell if it's also my feet, like the comforter. I, I don't know, John. It, there's a lot the going thing. on. It could be anything. Well, let's keep going here. The 1930s nearly brought an end to the once important town of Cedar Keys. The Great Depression had left its residents penniless as many businesses were forced to close their doors. The railroad had stopped running to Cedar Keys in 1932, and a hurricane in 1936 had destroyed bridges and flooded pathways to the mainland, leaving the town completely isolated. I mean, that adds another layer of, like, you know, scariness to all of this. You know, it's sort of like everything's just kind of collapsing all around this town, and now it's just kind of a a ghost town, for lack of a better word. Absolutely. The building was abandoned in the late 1930s and would stay vacant until 1946 when... Loyal Gibby Gibbs, as they call her Gibby, and his wife, I'm sorry, call him Gibby, and his wife Bessie would be the next to take on the hotel. Now, this does sound a bit like The Shining or something, you know, like whoever owns the hotel or participates, you know, gets spooked. God, I love The Shining. What a movie. Anyway. I love the movie. I love that movie so much. Well, at first, Bessie was hesitant about purchasing the building. It had been abandoned for several years, so the structure was dilapidated, and the inside was an absolute mess. You could call it a fixer-upper. She felt overwhelmed. To say the by, least. To say the least, she felt overwhelmed by the amount of work it would take to fix it up. But with some encouragement from her husband, she agreed to take the challenge. I mean, this is very much like Jack uh, from The Shining. I mean, he needed the work. He wanted to go up to the mountain. He wanted to go to the hotel. He brings on, you know, the whole thing brings Wendy with him. Anyway, she felt overwhelmed, as I said. Over the next two years, the couple would completely renovate the inside of the hotel, cleaning it up, making it suitable once again for business. The couple officially reopened the Island Hotel, where they soon became, which soon became a local hotspot. 
The lobby was renovated into a bar area and named the Neptune Lounge, where Gibby would bartend and Bessie would cook hearty meals for patrons, quickly gaining acknowledgement for their exceptional seafood dishes. I mean, this sounds like a great place. I would love to check this place out if it were happening like this. Yeah. Ghosts not included. Anyway, locals and visitors alike would flock to the Neptune Lounge nightly for delicious food, drinks, and good company. And despite her initial hesitation, the Island Hotel and Restaurant became Bessie's passion and her life work. So, you know, she was able to fix herself up in her own way. And the Island Hotel sounds so great. Kind of it really does. So Floridian it's, and perfect. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Well, Bessie was known to have a very vibrant and boisterous personality and was even known to raise her voice at customers who didn't finish their plates, demanding that they eat the vegetables that she worked so hard on. I kind of appreciate this. She's like everyone's like mom, that. like the matriarch yeah, like of, the, of the hotel. Yeah. For 26 years, Bessie lived in the hotel serving customers and running the restaurant until her arthritis became too painful and she was unable to continue. In 1973, she sorrowfully excuse me, sold the Island Hotel and only two years later passed away during a, tra- during a tragic house fire. Shortly after her death, the new owners, Charles and Shirley English, began receiving odd reports from their patrons. Some reported seeing a woman who strangely resembled Bessie in their room late in the middle of the night. Furniture tends to relocate itself, crooked paintings are straightened out, and doors are slammed without any explanation. All things Bessie mm. was known to do when she was living in the hotel. In life, she was known to be very playful and would jokingly lock guests in their room before quickly letting them out with a big laugh, an occurrence that has seemingly continued even after her passing. Again, it's like this stuff that happens even after someone dies, like that stuff really scares the shit out of me. I know. I just want to experience it, though, for myself because it's so hard (laughs) to kind of like, I don't know. Have you ever experienced anything paranormal at all? Like even the smallest of things? No. Not to my knowledge. Yeah. I mean, I also think you have to be kind of like aware of it at the time, you know, and it's possible Maybe, that I experience yeah. something that I just. Oh, that's true. My natural thought isn't to go there, you know. That's true. You're so, very rational. You use logic more than anything, you know, so I feel like you might just rationalize things more than even I do. Well, many guests have reported getting temporarily locked in their ro- temporarily locked in their rooms, but right as soon as they start to panic, the lock clicks and the door opens without any resistance. Those who knew Bessie insist it is her still playing her classic pranks on the patrons. Now, of course, several psychics have visited the hotel, claiming that Bessie's presence is still very strong and that she is the most dominant spirit residing in the hotel. Even in her death, her presence is leaving a memorable impression on guests and staff of the Island Hotel, just as she had during her lifetime. The Island Hotel and Restaurant has become infamous as one of the most haunted hotels in all of America, and people travel from all over to visit and hopefully come face-to-face with one of its many ghostly residents. Several other unidentified spirits have allegedly been seen on the grounds of the hotel, such as two Native American spirits and an unknown tall, thin man. I'm not liking that. Native American spirits, I feel like I can handle that. Slenderman? I was just going to say, but the unknown tall, thin man is too Slenderman for me, and I'm out. Very Slenderman. Some have suggested the possibility of a portal being present in the hotel, allowing spirits to come and go freely. Okay, now we're getting into a little bit of Ghostbuster stuff. That seems which, a little woo-woo, but yeah. okay. Today, the Island Hotel is still open for business and a popular attraction in Cedar Keys for both the living 
and seemingly the dead as well. Now, that's a note from wow. Megan here, which I appreciate, Megan. Thank you for that. So listen, we this isn't a traditional episode in the sense that uh, there's very clear murder going on, but some of the ways these, these people died, I mean, you know, the house fire and I don't know, some of these things just seem very sus. Or just said that everyone's connected to the hotel. Yeah, they go back yeah. here. Even, you know, Bessie obviously served the hotel, loved the hotel, didn't die in the hotel, and yet her spirit is... Yeah. Whatever, stuck there or whatever we're going to say. Yeah, um, yeah. Ooh, it's kind of creepy. So, yeah. I will creepy. say I kind of want to go now. I know. I was thinking like next time I'm in Florida, like I kind of want to make a trip over to wherever this is. I will say, you Definitely. know, I I've, I've talked a lot about my haunted house, which I've somehow managed to live in pretty decently the last couple of years um since I came back from New York during the pandemic and you know, I haven't really felt anything in the last couple of months, almost a year. I think, Darren, I told you about this one time about a year ago. I could, f I was like seeing in my peripheral vision when I was brushing my teeth this ball of like purple dark light next to me. And when I would go to look at it, it would kind of like disappear. But like every time I turned away from it, I could sense and see it there in my peripheral vision. So. The haunting of my house continues, but like I said, I think ghosts are my friends. Like, they know I'm here. I'm not harming anything. I'm open yeah. to them. That's another thing, like you were just saying earlier. I think maybe that's part of the, the situation as well. But I will say, my dad, Agreed. when my dad and, and people come to visit, they don't stay here anymore. They, um, they, they're, they're a little freaked. bit spooked. They're a little bit spooked by this house, yeah. The last time my wow. dad and his his girlfriend, who's they've been together for a very long time, um, the last time she stayed here, she got up in the middle of the night and ran out of the house because she thought she heard someone talking to her in her bedroom, ran out of the house and got a hotel at like 3 o'clock in the morning because she couldn't sleep and stay there. That's how spooky my house is. So didn't yeah. you Didn't you also find like a dead bird? I did. Oh my God, I forgot about that. Yes, I came back from New York. This would have been like 2018 or so. And I walked into my room, which by the way, I should mention like the house I live in, like no one's really living in it. Like my family owns it. We're, we're in and out a lot, but like no one's staying here full time. And there was a dead um, woodpecker. Except you, baby. What's that? Exactly. A dead woodpecker near my window. And like there's no way to get into this room. Like, there was no hole. There was no, like... It, it was, was inside, right? Yeah, inside, yeah. I told my grandfather. He was really spooked by that. He was like, what? That's weird. Yeah, very weird. Anyway, you guys probably have lots of paranormal stuff. You could let us know on our Facebook group. Uh, Halloween. It's Halloween weekend. Halloween is tomorrow, if you're listening to this episode. Let us know if you've ever seen any of this, or have you visited the Island Hotel, or any of this stuff. Let us know. In our Facebook group, you can hit us up on Patreon or at J Thrasher and Carpe Darren. Darren, let's do some listener shout outs now. Let's uh, do it. As we wrap up this week's yeah, episode. Yeah, Tegan on Facebook had this to say about last week's episode. I'm only halfway through the latest episode. I'm laughing so hard. I'm wheezing at Vampire Sugar Daddy and his witches. Anyone else? <laughs> you know, it's well, funny, Tegan. I was like, that's what how exactly? We should rename yeah. the show. Yeah, right. Exactly. I was just curious what she was laughing so hard about. I'm like, is it just called because they're called vampire sugar daddies and his witches? Maybe that's it. I don't know. I think that's I think that's I like enough. it. Yeah, I, like I think it. it's enough. Jessica in our Facebook group said, quote, went on a hike with my boyfriend yesterday and briefly thought 
is he going to push me off this cliff? Nope, oh. he proposed instead, end quote. Oh my God, congratulations, Congrats. Jessica. So much better than him pushing you off the cliff, in my opinion. So oh, much totally. better. By the way, I don't go to cliffs for this very reason, because I feel like people will have an impulse and want to kill me. But this is Absolutely. also because I'm a true crime podcaster. Anyway, if you're listening to this episode on Sunday when it drops, October 30th, you have until tomorrow for two very big things. Darren, what is the first one? We kind of mentioned this on a recent NMR episode, but go ahead. Our Halloween limited edition t-shirts, which says pumpkins, witches, not um, vampire sugar daddies. Although we <laughs> no, should've. it doesn't. Ghosts and True Crime Shows is available until October tomorrow. 31st. That's Halloween Monday tomorrow at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So get it now. You so, you can also get it on a hoodie, a sticker, a phone case, a pillow, a coffee mug, a, a, a Triton, yeah. whatever you need, whatever you want. A Triton. Yeah, sure. We can try that. Um, sure. And also, and by the way, I just realized I haven't even bought that shirt yet. Like, I need to buy my own merch here. Like, what are we doing? You're dumb. I know. You're dumb. Well, also, we announced our Patreon Superfan gift giveaway recently. If you are a Superfan tier on Patreon, we are sending you an a our annual free gift as a thank you for subscribing. But this time you're getting two because we're making up from last year. Check your Patreon inbox and post page uh, if you're already a subscriber on how to opt in to receiving your gift. You have until tomorrow at 11.59 p.m. Eastern time uh, as uh, to, to sign up and get everything that you need and uh, we're really excited about what we have in store for you guys. And if you want the gifts, but you haven't signed up yet, you're in luck. You just need to sign up as a super fan and opt in. Remember, it's important to opt in before mm -hmm. October 31st at 11.59 Eastern Standard Time, and you're all set. Yeah, it's, not, it's that simple. All links for Patreon and our merch can be found in our show notes. Or for Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash shakenanddisturbed, all one word. Absolutely. And of course, we have to thank our patron to the stars, uh, Taxidermy <laughs> Tina, who we I just emailed her to find out what she was going to be for Halloween because we want yeah. pics because you know she's going to do it up right. Oh, so she does we'll, it up every year. Yeah. We'll report back next week to figure out what Megan is. But uh, let's definitely I end this episode it. by thanking Megan. John, one, yep. two, three. Thanks, Thanks Megan. Love you, Miggies. Love um, and to you guys out there, have a happy, happy, happy Halloween. Have a very, very spooky Halloween. Spooktober. Spooktober. Bye. Bye. <laughs>